There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Undercover Lover, the unofficial podcast of Love Island 2019 with me, Harriet Minton. This is the podcast for you if the will they, won't they, please, please don't let them of Amber and Michael is giving you flashbacks of your own teenage relationships. Or if the Maura Curtis relationship has you so confused that you no longer know what love is, but you do remember the song that that line invokes. This week, I was going to be joined by Laura Jane Williams, author of my new favourite summer read, Our Stop, but I completely screwed up and missed our call time. So this podcast starts with a big apology to Laura and a recommendation that if you need a summer read, go buy Our Stop, which is out on ebook now and in shops on the 8th of August. Sorry, Laura. Luckily, though, I know enough brilliant Love Island geeks that I found one to step into the breach at the last minute. She is astounding from last year. She knows everything there is to know about Love Island because I've made her watch it. Hello, Anna Codrirado. Hi, Harriet. <laughs> Thank you so much for jumping on this call with me and talking all things Love Island. I really appreciate it. It is my absolute pleasure. I have been waiting for this call. Um, <laughs> And I'm just very, very happy to be here again. <laughs> Thank you, Dylan. Um, how are you enjoying this season of Love Island? How does it compare to past seasons for you? So I think when it started at the beginning, I was a bit disappointed that it didn't have the same wow factor that last year's did. And I must admit, I found it to be a bit of a slow burner. Uh, and it took, it took a while for me to kind of really... <laughs> feel the connection as I did last year <laughs> uh, but I think I think we're kind of really getting into the best bits of the drama at the moment and over the last few weeks we've really seen things um uh, I guess unfold in that way where we're you know we're not sure what's going to happen I couldn't tell you who's going to make it to the final yet and there are just so many triangles that it is really really great viewing so yeah I am I am absolutely loving it now are you a bit disappointed that this year doesn't really seem to have any of the kind of love stories that have happened in previous years? No, because it actually really bothered me how fake those all those love stories were. <laughs> the only true love story of Love Island has been um, Jamie mm -hmm. and Camilla. Camilla. 
they're yeah. the only ones who or maybe there are some others someone got married but i think it was just all for the publicity um they're the they're the true they're the only true love story i mean if danny and jack can't make it work then i mean true love or love island has been absolutely shattered for me so in many ways i do really appreciate that this is um almost a bit more realistic and it just feels as though obviously no one is explicitly saying i'm coming on love island to become an influencer but that's really what love island is about these days and um, I feel like it's almost being a bit more realistic in that sense. Mm. The one kind of couple that is there that has lasted kind of from the beginning till now is Tommy and Molly. Mm. And then this week I had a flash of real worry for Tommy because uh, when they did the game where they were like, you know, match your partner's answers. And one of the questions was, what's the, uh, it's like, what's the character trait or something that your other partner most dislikes about themselves? And Molly said for Tommy that it was that he can be a bit shy around new people. And he admitted that. And then I kind of watched them together and everyone at the beginning of their relationship was saying Molly's not into him. And I just didn't believe it. And then I watched them this week and I was like, oh, maybe Molly isn't that into him. Mm. Now I'm really worried that Molly is going to dump Tommy outside the villa and poor Tommy is this kind of shy sweet guy who's suddenly been thrust into the spotlight and I'm I'm like genuinely a little bit worried for him. I find their relationship very interesting because I think it's Anton that just really really does not believe in them and I think that's always a red flag when one of the when some of the other islanders are being so vocal in that way because ultimately they're the ones who see the couple the most yeah and the thing also about molly is she is a career her career is influencing and it's that brand of influencing which is she's just trying to become famous through talking about her life it's not the i'm making youtube videos because i'm a content creator and i find this interesting and then the fame sort of has come as a result mm-hmm. she's specifically i've <laughs> i uh, i will confess you to being the videos I've watched a few of the videos because I, I mean, I'm a big watcher of YouTube in general. So I feel like I kind of understand that world and I've watched her videos and they are all um, hauls and um, where she kind of will go to um, shops and just buy loads of clothes and then, and um, try them on. And she's done um, a few of the sort of classic YouTube tags where it's like, get to know me. And it's a hundred percent. I just want to be an influencer because I think that that is a ticket to fame. So I worry that maybe she has, and she is smart enough to have come into this with a very clear strategy that what the public love is a solid couple that is, uh, that gets together at the beginning and lasts all the way through and maybe has a couple of hiccups, but ultimately sort of overcomes them (laughs) to become the best couple. So I do worry that she has gone in with a very, very clear strategy. Although that being said, I just, in reality, it, would it really be possible to, to do that? I don't know. Could you be that fake for that long? I mean, one, one thing I'm super clear on is I do think Tommy is in love with her. The way he looks at her, I mean, there are actual yeah. stars coming out of his eyes. So that poor boy is in love with her. I think he's completely in love with her. And I think, you know, so I think Curtis had something really similar, which is he went in with a game plan and actually couldn't keep it up for that long. You know, he tried to kind of, fake a relationship and it lasted three or four weeks and that was all he could do um so I do think it's I do think it would be really really difficult if you went at least a little bit into someone to have I think she's a fake relationship but I'm not she's sure she's probably as, as her 
I definitely. I think she's probably into him. Uh, I really liken it to a holiday romance. I mean, yeah. ultimately, that's what this is. And she likes him enough that she is happy to kind of fumble her way through this. But I will be surprised if they last longer than the than six months. Although she may also have to keep it. That's the other thing is that if your long term strategy is to become uh, a sort of an ex I Love Island influencer, you have to keep up the charade for at least six months. That's when they all stop kind of drop off and break up. <laughs> I love that you've noted that. <laughs> so we were talking a bit before the podcast about kind of mental health of the Islanders and how the show looks after them and how this year there's been a kind of almost a bit of a backlash around Love Island and lots of people saying, like, I'm not watching it because I just feel like it exploits people and it's not good for the people's mental health, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think about that? So I have quite a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I wrote a piece just before the start of the season for the New York Times on the sort of mental health conversation around Love Island. And I, in the reporting I did for that and in kind of watching the show, it's raised some really interesting questions where the sort of the conclusion I drew from writing that piece was that, yes, of course, TV shows have a duty of care. And of course, if someone has a mental health issue, they can exacerbate them. But at the same time, the show is not causing issues. It's actually a reflection of issues that we have in society. It's worth remembering that the applications to go on Love Island are what they're sort of, there's more applications to go on Love Island than there are to get into university, or there's some kind of stat along those lines. More applications for Love Island than Oxford and Cambridge. Then, yeah, yeah, than Oxbridge. And this is Love Island, whether we like it or not, is a reflection of our society. And in that, we have, ment we have mental health issues. And I think the real questions are not, does Love Island cause mental health issues? It's what drives people to want to become famous just for going on a reality show? Why are there so many applications to go on this show? And, and, and what are the mental health implications of that? And I think it's been interesting for me because I think at the beginning of the show, the producers have clearly been so careful around the mental health conversation. I think it's not a coincidence that there was no love, um, there was no lie detector on this season. They did something similar, but it wasn't the lie detector uh, because ITV obviously got... Um, uh, not that got in trouble. I mean, that, that's putting it really lightly. The lie detector was a huge part of the story with the uh, Jeremy Kyle show and the incident on, on that show. So, and then of course we had Amy who was taken out and given counselling and they were quite explicit about the fact that she was um, being given counselling. So that was all well and good. But now we're kind of getting towards the uh, finale, we're getting in our last few weeks and suddenly I feel like the mental health and the duty of care seems to have gone out the window and the producers are quite aggressively trolling the contestants and setting things up in a way that I almost feel like Amber is being the target yeah. of this. Let's talk be, about yeah. Amber Gregg and Michael Love Triangle. So uh, in case anyone is living in a bubble and you haven't seen it, here is Michael having his head turned back in the direction of Amber. The situation I'm in now has given me the time to clarify things in my head about like just where I am, how I feel mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It has given me the time to think, you know what, I actually do like Amber. Oh. Yeah. And I can only apologise about how, I've, how, mm -hmm. how I was mm -hmm. over the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, I was quite... Bit of a dick. ...directed, <laughs> yeah, towards, yeah, I was Massive quite... Massive dick. Yeah. 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 
I was really surprised when when it came to the bit where um, they had the vote about whether Joanna or Michael stayed. I was surprised, not that Joanna left, but I was surprised that it wasn't, they didn't do what they did with Georgia in previous series where they went, um, you can either split up and stay in the villa or you can leave together. I felt like they really, really engineered it so that Michael could stay. 100%. I had assumed, because I think that was split over two episodes we left on the cliffhanger, and I was expecting it to be that same situation where basically they want to either keep them in together and make it really difficult and create all of that tension. But they basically just got rid of Joanna, essentially. They found a way to get rid of Joanna. And it, it felt as though the producers were saying, okay, well, the public don't like this guy and they want him out going to do everything in our power to keep him in because we want there to be more drama with Amber and then how can we make this even more shit for her we can put in a new guy who actually is so kind and so wonderful to her and then let just keep stirring the pot so it's just really been all engineered to kind of put a lot of pressure on her I think and 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 just as she's said herself make it so her head goes (laughs) I agree I think it's put so much pressure on her and I was actually really impressed watching how she handled mm-hmm. like particularly how she handled Michael's apology to her so for a start what did you think of Michael's apology it wasn't an apology I agree um he Michael just I mean Michael's odious I I just he's 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 the way he's treated her is uh, it's just really, it's just awful. He just, he doesn't, I don't even think, I, I can't even tell what, what, how much of this is driven by the fact that he is, his ego is so huge. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, going all the way back to the Joanna thing, I'm pretty sure he only coupled up with Joanna because he was convinced that Amber would leave him uh, and recouple herself. And he could not stand the thought of walking back into that villa, into the villa alone while she was coupled up. So he just took a gamble and coupled up with someone else. And now the fact that um, he now, you know, Joanna's gone and Amber now potentially has someone else, suddenly that's just, he can't take that. And yeah, it wasn't an apology. He doesn't, he doesn't actually acknowledge her feelings. And that's always been the whole theme throughout their relationship. He doesn't acknowledge her feelings. And he also doesn't acknowledge the fact that she struggles to express herself and she struggles to be open. Um, so yeah, not a fan of Michael at all. <laughs> There was a moment in that kind of, in quotes, apology when uh, Amber really calls him and she says, well, hang on, you know, you're saying that you would be saying all this stuff to me even if Joanna was still here. And yet when she left, you said, I found everything I wanted in here. And he retorted with, did you hear me say that about any specific person? And I just loved that she just pulled him on it. She was like, what? Don't be ridiculous. Like he thought he could get away with that line and she just wasn't letting him have it. She was like, no, I, I know that's a lie. I cannot believe he said that. I mean, that just that in and of itself is it, it, it should be enough for her to just think, oh my God, who is this person? Um and I, I just can't help also but um think of Joanna sitting at home watching that just that's awful and also I don't know where that even where the kind of balls to sort of just lie like that um I don't know where it comes from so um I I found that I almost found that the most shocking part of the whole his whole little speech to her 
But I do think there was, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have been in a relationship with somebody who lied like that and who would just say these like astonishing things, which you were like, but I factually know that isn't true. Mm. And he would just sit completely straight faced. And it's a really, I think it takes a, a real strength of character to be yeah. able to hear that repeatedly Definitely. And, and call it. It's, it's, it's very toxic what's happening between them and obviously not helped by the fact that, you know, it, uh, it's also worth noting how young Amber is, you know, yeah. she's only 20, she's only 21 and this is, this is a very toxic relationship that it's so clear, it's almost painful watching that she knows how bad yeah. this, it is and yet she can't, she just finds herself being drawn to him and if she were on the outside she'd be able to have that distance and she'd be able to get away from him and have her friends tell her no this guy's bad news leave it but she's just there stuck with him and then he just every day he just pulls out some other ridiculous behavior were you surprised that she picked greg in the recoupling i think i was i was really on the edge of my seat <laughs> for that <laughs> i really was and um i think they put a break in the middle i mean uh, anyway so yeah i was surprised but i was also so proud of her i was <laughs> i'm such a loser i was punching the air being like yes amber you that is so brilliant that she's done that it, it just felt as though she kind of had this sort of moment of clarity where she thought you know and, and even the way she said it she just checked herself and she said yeah there might be something here with Michael we have that connection but Greg has come in and he's put a smile on my face and I've been so miserable and he's the first person to put a smile on my face and I just want to see where that goes so um I thought um I was I was really I was really happy that she did it I was see I was also really surprised I didn't think she was going to I'm just gonna pick Michael I was like no which makes hope for the future generations I was like because I would have picked Michael being honest I probably would have picked Michael but you know what the cynic in me also has a sort of another theory which is that actually her picking Greg is also could potentially have been a cop-out for her maybe because if she picked Michael Greg would have gone with Francesca and actually probably love would have bloomed there because those are both ex they're both excellent people and excellent characters. Her picking Greg means that she can get to know him whilst Michael is with someone who Amber knows that they probably won't probably no romantic thing will happen between yeah. Francesca and Michael. So she can kind of have her cake and eat it. So I don't know if maybe that also factored in that it keeps Michael in a safer place if he's not actually with her, but she can almost kind of, it also, I guess, gives her a bit of space to sort of actually get her thoughts straight. Actually, it also occurred to me that if you really wanted to make Michael jealous, if you really wanted to amp up the kind of feeling and emotion, you would have picked Greg. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, can we just have a moment to talk about how good Francesca's recoupling speech was. Left alone with only Michael to pick, this is what she said. I would like to couple up with this boy because, well, what can I say? <laughs> You'd all probably go hungry every night if it wasn't for this man here, <laughs> making you all cheese toasties. I've personally really struggled to find a connection with anyone here, so 
you're an expert. I'm hoping that you might be able to teach me a few things. <laughs> wow. I like that. I like that. That was good. I like that. I think you're a great person. <laughs> and I haven't really got any other choice. <laughs>
the other relationship this week, so most of this week has been about the Michael Amber Greg love triangle, but there was another relationship that picked up some airtime, and that was Anton and Belle. I mean, the completely ridiculous subplot that was Anton giving his number to a shopkeeper, then saying Anna was a good kisser, blah, blah, blah. It did, however, see Belle blowing up at him and him walking away. What did you make what do you make of their relationship? I was so pro Belle and Anton. I even so before all of this kicked off, I thought that they even had a shot of winning because mm-hmm. Belle is a brilliant character. She is so feisty, but also um very true to herself and she's really funny and she doesn't really take any shit from anyone and she calls people up on their behavior and she's very direct yeah she gives great advice she's very direct but in a not to curry favor kind of way she's not shit stirring she's just telling it how it is and Anton has always to me been that kind of like he's been that sort of goofy character who oh you know poor Anton can't find love and he finally has a shot of love and and all of this (laughs) and so I was really pro them and then all of this kind of kicked off and actually yes Belle really blew up and sort of had a very explosive scene at the island club but fair enough Anton was quite nasty to her sure I'm sure that you know the, the whole thing with the shopkeeper was definitely staged and and um, there's actually a, a meme flying around Twitter where someone has taken a screenshot of the shopkeeper and a screenshot of one of the waitresses in the Island Club and it's the same actress. So <laughs> yeah, that scene was orchestrated, but it almost doesn't matter because all, all that matters is the reaction of the couple to what happened. And I actually think Bell was in the right. I think Anton behaved really badly. I think the fact that he kissed Anta, Anna, saying that she was um, the best kisser in the villa in front of his you know the girl that he's coupled up with that is not cool at all do you think Uh, so that's so interesting because i was really i was like well Belle wasn't there when they did the kissing challenge she didn't say it was the best kisser in the villa said the best kisser in the challenge like it's just his mate i didn't get what the big deal was but all of the other boys who were men also i need to i don't like how they call them boys and girls all of the other men in the villa who were in a couple and decided to kiss another girl and then do the you know marry the um say they wanted to marry the girl that they were the woman they were coupled up with they um they they just said something polite you know oh she's my mate she's a really good banter and then they kissed them on the cheek he went in the full <laughs> tongue with her. also what has not been discussed is was jordan okay with that was anna okay with that i don't i would feel uncomfortable if i was coupled up with someone else and some other bloke just came and shoved his tongue down my throat i didn't i didn't like that situation at all also i think bell was still stewing from the shopkeeper thing because i think interestingly the other islanders the other um uh, female islanders in particular they found that a lot worse than the kissing situation and they said to bell oh do you think are you sure you're comfortable with the fact that he's going around giving his number to people and she said oh but you know Anton is all about the banter. That was just banter. I'm fine with it. I think then it was kind of that double whammy of, oh, actually, wait a minute. If I say I'm okay with that banter, where does it stop? And she just felt humiliated. She felt utterly humiliated. Uh, And I think that's where the sort of explosion in Island Club came from. Mm -hmm. We've got a text. Message. I got a text. Or a WhatsApp message or a tweet. uh, All of the above. 
Um, so first tweet this week comes from Kate Lever on the show earlier this year. She says, going to need a recording of Maura saying, think about it. We only have one life. Do what you have to do to listen to every morning. That was my fantastic Irish accent there. Um, uh, Anna, what is your view on Maura? I don't know where to start with Maura. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate Curtis so much. I think he's a sociopath. Um, he came into this show to boost his ballroom dancing career and I mean you, you, you basically I, lo- I loved the, like, <laughs> the acid you put on ballroom dancing career <laughs> well because he's, he's, he's I think on your you had another episode where you were talking about this where because his brother is also a dancer and he's just yeah. always played second fiddle to him this is all kind of this is just Curtis playing out his childhood trauma <laughs> on national TV because he went in there with this express intent to find a woman on on day one who was poor Amy and you know stay with her and try to win because he wants to he wants the instant he wants the insta fame that Love Island brings so that he can uh, it's just a career move for him and uh, I think that but anyway sorry your question was actually about Maura I, I I just I really swing back and forth with her. Sometimes I think she's absolutely brilliant because she speaks her mind. She's no bullshit. You never know what to expect with her. And, and all of those things, I think, are actually brilliant assets. But at the same time, you know what? It's just made me... Re- the fact that she's with Curtis has just made me fundamentally question her character. And I just can't get past that. So I had a, a, a moment where I had to question Maura's character when she went after Curtis because I was like... Is this just a kind of power move in the villa? Is has she just realised that this is somebody with kind of sway in the villa, and she thinks that she'll get with him, and then there'll be a kind of power couple? And now I'm watching them, and I'm like, no, I, I, I think she actually really fancies him. Yeah, and I'm so yeah. confused by it. Same, I same. If it, if it, if she were doing this because she's realised he might be her ticket to whatever her grand plan is, yeah. fine, more power to her. I respect that. If she just <laughs> Curtis, I, I just don't even know what to say. <laughs> also on Twitter, at Inked Up Shack says, Ovi, Chris, and Greg really should have started this show. Now, I have really noticed that in this season particularly, like being an original Islander has a lot of power. Mm. You know, the original Islanders are not voting each other off. They don't really even want to couple up outside of their kind of original grouping. Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel like we're going to lose, maybe not Ovi, but possibly Chris and Greg much earlier than we should do because they are such great, as you say, characters. Would you have liked to see an Ovi, Chris and Greg in from the beginning? Definitely, it definitely, especially Chris, because Chris is he's hilarious. When he first came in, I thought, oh, who is this loser? Um, and I think also the other thing is that as viewers, we also do that. We feel like we're sat there with them. And we have also that initial kind of skepticism of like, oh, they can't sit with us yet. Yeah. But Chris is hilarious. And I just, I wish he would have got in earlier because he really brings so much and he's just so sharp and his wit is brilliant. And he, what the other islanders don't realize is he is trolling them so hard and it's hilarious to watch. Um, I would have liked to see Greg come in earlier because he just, he seems like such a great guy. And that's actually not something you see a lot on Love Island, so I don't know if this is a charade, so I'd like to see how, I, the longer we have him, 
the more we could, you know, we can basically see if that's actually genuine or not. Um, Ovi is just absolutely brilliant. We haven't spoken about him at all in this episode, but there's nothing really more to say about him because he is just, he's just, he's an absolute God in so many ways. Um, I think he's kind of the only person who could walk in late and, he may, he, they may, he, he may win just because he's Ovi. It doesn't even matter who, who he's got on his arm. The people love Ovi. You know, I, and I just, I almost wish that him and Amber would have stayed together and that they would have either of won as friends, which would have just kind of turned the whole concept of Love Island on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, or Ovi might actually admit to what I think is going on, that he is actually deeply in love with her. Um, <laughs> and because he's such a good guy, he knows that right now is not a good time for her to be entertaining new possibilities because she is still so confused by Michael that he's just letting that play out. And maybe on the outside in a few years, we'll find out that they're going to get married. I am deeply into that fantasy with you. I hope that <laughs> It is time for our heroes and villains of the week. My hero for this week, I'm going to give it to Francesca. I'm going to give it to Francesca for not pussyfooting around at that recoupling, for saying what we were all thinking, and for being so kind of upfront about the fact that no, she doesn't fancy anyone and she's not going to try and pretend that she does. I like her. Solid choice. Yeah. Who is your hero, Madanim? Chris. (laughs) Um, I think he's absolutely brilliant. I have been laughing hysterically at some of the things he's been saying. Uh, like I said, he's just, he's super witty. Also, he's taken such a kicking with sort of no one. I mean, he's with Harley, but I think she's just kind of picked yeah. him out of pity. Um, <laughs> but he's rolling with it and he's, he's just, yeah, he's come out with some absolute gems. So he is my hero. Uh, I've got a little clip. This is my favorite Chris clip, which is him discussing his strategy for the Builder Challenge. I'm not a very sexy person, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. So I went for a slightly different angle. Did anybody ask for a surveyor? Okay, villain of the week. Um, so I'm going to pick the obvious villain of the week. I'm going to say villain of the week has to be Michael. And in a way, I'm almost in awe at his villainy. I'm almost in awe at how unrepentant he is for it, at how, and, and at how much he kind of believes that his villainy is the truth. (laughs) Michael Michael is the villain of the season, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. And I, again, I have like a little bit of mental health worries where I worry about what it's like to come out into that. I Mm. think a while ago, you know, his Twitter account did quite a funny tweet where they were like, guys, please stop atting us. We can't keep up. It's very difficult being um, the Twitter account of the UK's most hated man at Piers Morgan. Mm. How do you deal with it? And it, it's just like, there's a, they're, they're seeing it as very funny, but I wonder if when we come, when he comes out, you know, and like not to be too kind of, but um, this is what Mike Thalassitas came out into with the Muggy Mike stuff. Um, yes. I think it's very difficult. I think it's very funny when you're thinking about it, but very different when you're living it. Definitely. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's one thing to call someone up on their behaviour, but it's another thing to, uh, you know, for him to be getting abuse that's directed at him and sort of, um, he he definitely is going to need to do some 
soul searching, I think, but at the same time, he should be allowed the space and privacy to do that without people continuing to remind him how awful his behavior is. It's a very difficult line to tread because he is also, he shouldn't be held as some kind of poster boy for toxic masculinity, but at the same time, he is behaving really badly. So how, how do you deal with that? How do, how do we as a culture deal with that? And how does, how does Michael as an individual deal with that? And how do the producers navigate his exit from the villa? Great the big questions. Is your, those are great questions. Who's your villain for this week? Uh, the producers actually sort of kind of related to what I was just saying um, because they have also they've been trolling them and in particular they've been trolling Amber and I guess to by extension Michael they are orchestrating the situation for him to be the bad guy Uh, and I I actually do wonder um, you know even after everything I've just said I do wonder to what extent is he really actually this bad or is this the producers um encouraging him to do this and the producers are basically orchestrating it and puppeteering uh so yeah for that reason i think that they are being trolls this they have been trolls this week and they are my villains i think that's a good pick and i think they haven't been that trolly throughout the series and then suddenly it's like they've been saving it all up for this week is all we have time for big thank you to the fabulous Anna Codri Arado um, if you want to come and talk to us during the week about Love Island you can find me at Harriet Minter or Anna I am at Anna Cod fabulous um, the podcast won't be here next Sunday heads up um, the final is on Monday so we'll be saving a full recap for after that also I record this on a Saturday and next Saturday it's my best friend's wedding and it's more than my life is worth to leave her wedding to record a Love Island podcast. So we all have to make choices. Uh, but look out for the final podcast next Tuesday morning. In the meantime, if you'd like to see this podcast back again next year, please do leave us a review. Every five star helps. And finally, this week, we got to find out a little bit more about some of the islanders. Like, what's their favourite food? Or where did they grow up? Or in Chris's case, just how did his friends know to give him that nickname? Nickname. Halls. I get called Halls for short. You? Freckle dick. <laughs> do you want to explain? I've got a freckle on my dick. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.